Well, let's get this party started then. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. On this episode of the BRP Podcast, we really don't have a topic to talk about. We wanted to update you guys on the last three to four months since we ended Season 1 to the start of Season 2. A lot of things have happened, so sit back, relax, enjoy the show. What's marking on the shadows? This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. So, David, how has the last three to four months been for you? Well, it's been all right. I think it's starting to snow here in Utah now, so dealing with winter officially, I think. So that's that's going to be uh, uh, fun. Yeah. But we had the uh, the expo that we did in, in October. But really, that's I think the bulk of what we really did in October. And then, really, I don't we think we did one thing in November. And so far, we've done uh, a couple of things in December, and we still have more to do in December a little bit. So I think December is our busiest month since our last recording day. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely in the swing of things when it comes to residential investigations. We're at the peak of our busy season, as you will. So, investigations are rolling in, they're getting scheduled. Some of them are waiting to be confirmed and everything, but it's definitely, definitely the busy season now. Which is funny, because I've noticed uh, the last couple of years, obviously, um, even before COVID, we were always busier in the winter times versus other teams. They don't really do a lot in the winter. Yeah, it's it's always been kind of mind-boggling because, you know, we're up in the far north of Utah and the bulk of the other teams are in, you know, either Ogden down south to Salt Lake and even farther south to Santaquin. And for us, we've always been busy the last two, three, I think even four years in a row. We've been busy during the wintertime, but mainly because everybody's stuck inside because no one wants to be outside in this bitter cold that Utah typically has. And if you've never been to Utah during winter, ooh, it's rough when it comes to comes to the cold. Now it's nothing like Montana or even Alaska or anything like that, but still, it's it's bitter cold. Well, even Idaho, because yeah. I mean, we do. A, I think the bulk of our winter stuff in Idaho too, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we've already. Let's see. So we got an investigation coming up in Idaho Falls. We did one in Montpelier. Uh, the previous investigation was in Thatcher, Utah, which is on the outskirts of Tremont. We still have a Brigham City investigation. We still need to schedule a Preston one as well. Yeah, we still got quite a few that we still need to do, plus another couple that we were able to obtain 
because of one of our awesome investigators, Alex. She was able to get us into a couple locations. So we definitely have a busy few months ahead of us, that's for sure. But yeah, it's been since the last episode, I would say things have been in full swing. We've been getting things ready for the second season of the podcast, making some changes. If you already haven't noticed, we've made quite a few changes in the format of this particular episode. So hopefully you guys like it. Give us some feedback. Let us know what your thoughts on this, because obviously we're trying something new. We're trying to get to where we can be consistent with the podcast with the format and everything so we're trying out a few things in the first few seasons to see what works what doesn't work and everything and then after that the format will stay the same for any season here on out so but yeah it's been it's been busy i mean we've we've taken a couple trips we've been to lava we had friendsgiving outside of that just cleansings have been coming in investigations as well we did have the expo which we do plan on going in depth on another episode with the creator of the paracon here in logan john he was one of our guests at the tail end of season one and so we asked him to come in and give his thoughts about his first ever expo that he put on for the paranormal and you know some tips and tricks and what he's learned and what he's struggled through and and all that good jazz and what the plan is for the next Paracon, which, uh, well, Para-X anyway, which, uh, spoiler alert, we're already going to have a booth at the Para-X for 2022. And this, from my understanding, this time it is going to be two days instead of one day, and I'm also going to be a guest speaker again as well. So look forward to that announcement here shortly, uh, here in the next few months. Plus, look forward to that episode from John. Also, what just finished wrapping up, as far as I can see people coming back, from the Vegas Expo that just happened. Yeah, which unfortunately we weren't able to go, because by the time we learned about this particular expo, and plus I got an email from one of the people that is putting on the expo. It was like three months before they actually had the expo, and that's just too short of a time for us to plan for it. I mean, it's it's not like if we're going to like Salt Lake City or Ogden or here in Logan or anything like that. This is all the way down to Las Vegas, Nevada. Like, we need more than three months in advance notice to plan for that kind of stuff because by the time you incorporate drive time, the cost for the booth and hotel food you know everything probably like looking that. at like five thousand dollars yeah for upwards for everybody to be there and everything like that so i hope the utah teams and and all those people that we know that went to that particular expo hopefully it went well for them it's just that's too much of a short notice and too much coin to drop all at one get-go for an expo but, I mean, it's the first time I think Vegas has really done an expo like that before. As far as I'm aware, yeah. Which is which is interesting. And the interesting thing about it is, is they had it uh, in Zach's backyard. Zach Baggins, who I'm referring to. Uh, and obviously, he, he doesn't need to be there because he doesn't need to be there. Right. Not, not the point, but I, I think if it 
was successful, they're probably entertaining the idea of doing it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they do it again, hopefully we can go there this time. Yeah. And if they do plan on doing it again, we definitely want to be there. We just have to kind of plan for that kind of stuff because as most of our listeners know, we're a nonprofit organization, so we don't make any money doing any of the investigations that we do or anything like that. And whatever money we do obtain from selling equipment or selling odds and end things, you know, that goes towards the group to improve our equipment and everything like that. So, I mean, it's it's basically going to be self-funded out of all of our pockets if we do this for next year. So, it's definitely something that has to be planned way in advance. Right. Well, speaking of uh, our plans for the this podcast and what we're doing, um, we are trying to get monetary funds for this. So, I mean, we are going to be doing ads for our podcast we're in the process of figuring that out and hopefully we're gonna place these ads where we'd like and we're not gonna place them in the middle of our uh, of our talking we're gonna try to do them uh near the beginning and near the end if we have uh, more than one ads just to just to get through it so we can try to get better uh equipment for our podcasting and stuff like that just try to find a way to keep this uh going and, and getting better at it Hey everybody, the sponsor of today's episode is Anchor, the platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast. Anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform, kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. Yeah, because eventually we would like to improve as a podcast. We like to buy some of the equipment that some of the well-known podcasters out there that have been doing this for a long time, you know, they have the XLR microphones with the cables and the mixing board and, you know, all that good jazz. I mean, we have the audio program to edit and we have decent microphones, you know. But it it would be nice to move away from anything internet-based and use something strictly on-site so that way we can improve the quality of this podcast. 
So anytime anybody listens to our podcast and they hear those ads, in turn, that helps us improve this podcast. And over the course, if it becomes successful and we upgrade and we upgrade to the point where we're on some of the on some of the level of some of these more famous podcasts like Jim Harold and some of these other ones, obviously that's going to be a huge stretch for Jim Harold, but we would like to get up there and have the proper equipment to be able to give you guys stories and paranormal updates and all that good jazz. But yeah, talking about that expo, so there's been quite a few jokes uh, that I've seen on Facebook about how there's been that that paranormal expo over there in Vegas and all the famous people are there except for the one and only Zach Baggins. So that's been the running joke for like the last month that I've seen on Facebook. Have you seen that, David? Yeah, I've heard about it for a while. I mean, I mean Dakota was there. I guess it's the closest thing you can get to to the crew that was there. Um, I saw uh, various people there. Uh, our buddy, buddy Paul was there. Saw him do his videos feed there. I know Tim was there, uh, but I, I didn't really see anything posted from from Tim. There. I saw a couple things, and I know he posted a picture of him with Grant and Mr. Gonzalez, and then I saw some pictures that he got a personal invite from Zach Baggins to go back to the museum. Him and um, was it Ghosty or it was one of the two, one of the two Buku boys that went with them. That's the only thing that I've seen so far. Paul has posted up a bunch of pictures and side-by-side photos with some of the famous celebrities in the paranormal field. Yeah, because Mariel was there with uh, selling her cosmetic stuff and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I know Tim went there to potentially buy some more equipment, so I'm curious to see if he got anything because I know Ghost Stop, one of the people we get our equipment from, had a booth there selling stuff down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also heard that the Tennessee Wraith Chasers were also selling off some of their uh, homemade REM pods that were autographed or something like that. I saw a post about it, but I didn't really look into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a, a plethora of stuff down there to, to Dubai for sure. So, I mean, it's definitely awesome, awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know too much about the panels and what they... Uh, discussed about the field and stuff like that i'd be very curious to see what they should have done uh was get some uh live shots of some of these panels and distribute them to someone's like channel or feed or something to to get more people involved in it instead of a a closed off thing for something that big and you know celebritized well and i I even made a comment david yesterday about you know some of the pictures that I've seen that some of the people have been posting it didn't really seem like it was that busy but we didn't know if it was before they opened or what was after they opened or anything like that and so far I haven't really seen like the caliber of crowds that we used to see when we were at some of the conventions here in Salt Lake I can't imagine it was not eventful yeah well I mean it is Vegas the mecca of conventions period Right, like even getting people who didn't even know what was going on just stumbling through, like, oh, what's this, you know, mm-hmm. had to have at least happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know the scope of how busy Vegas is these days because I think I saw something on Facebook that uh, it costs a lot of money just to park down there now that they're monetizing just even 
getting down into the heart of Vegas these days. Yeah, because because uh, me and my old lady, you know, we usually go to Vegas every year, and for a while, as long as you were an M Life uh, card holder at a certain tier, you got basically free parking and everything. And they even did away with that, I think, about two years ago. And then I also saw that the price of everything has been increasing, and we've been seeing it as well. Like, compared to the first year we went to Vegas to the last time we went to Vegas, we could comfortably do that whole entire vacation in seven days for like $1,500, $2,000, and now it's getting upwards to about four to five grand with the price of hotel, parking, flights, everything like that. Well, they probably have to make up for lost revenue over the last year. Oh, yeah, over the last two years, essentially. Yeah. And so, yeah, probably gonna everything's going up anyway, so shouldn't yeah. be surprised f- for anybody. Yeah. But um, I do have something that we'll talk about later, but I got a new piece of equipment. Ooh. And it's a glorious piece of equipment, too. And surprisingly enough, you got it off of Amazon, which I was quite surprised. Amazon, yeah. yeah. 100 bucks. I was like, you know, that's not bad. Yeah. And it's one of those things that uh we could potentially make in the future too once we tear apart this and see how it works because you know amazon 100 bucks i'm like yeah it's not bad i get get another one if i needed to oh yeah me and david have been talking about some of these little like equipment projects that we want to put together like i i don't know if i i can't remember if i spoke about this one particular piece of equipment that i bought from walmart on the last season but it's a creepy doll that rocks back and forth and makes nefarious noises and shit and i actually want to put the it devil. in a little yeah and i want to put it in a little coffin box with one of those build your own emf detectors and have it like a two-in-one combo where it's a um motion sense and an emf detector all in one so that's been a idea that i've been kicking around and then that piece of equipment that david bought we're thinking about mimicking that same piece of equipment with some of these quote-unquote lanterns that you can get from certain places so that's the only spoiler that i'm going to give you but i'm excited for it i think it'll be really cool to 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 utilize because it's just i think it's just a better version of a k2 because with the k2 you have to like be looking directly at the k2 at that moment to where this device I got it's come almost like you can see it out of the corner of your eye if it goes off type of thing and it's just it stands out more it's 360 degree view where the yeah. K2 you have to be looking right at it I think it's just a, the K2 I think is starting to get obsolete yeah in, in in this field like I mean it's still good I think for starter set you know for people at the beginning who are just looking at it like that's all they got they're just looking straight down at it but when you start getting cameras involved and more equipment it's, it's getting harder to just look at something directly where you need something mm-hmm. that's will get your intention rather than you needing to be attentive yeah and i will give the k2 this it's an e- it's an easy piece of equipment to learn off of and it's a good piece of equipment to debunk things as well like i, I know i've mentioned it a couple times but at benson grist mill if it wasn't for my K2, I would never have known that we were getting cell phone tower signals at the big mill, hence why the the K2 was going off. And as, and if you walk just a direct path to that cell tower, that K2 constantly illuminates and it gets stronger and stronger the closer you get to that cell tower. So I mean, it's a good it's a good piece of equipment for baselines and for debunking things and and it's a good starting 
uh, piece of equipment, but there's definitely far better things out there for paranormal investigations, that's for sure, for EMF detecting. Right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about this piece of uh, equipment because uh, oh, yeah. I think we, we did a, a, a list for this season. And uh, last season, we've talked about half of our equipment. And I think we have enough of our equipment we haven't talked about to cover this entire season as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy on that front because there will come a time when we talked about all of our pieces of equipment. And it will no longer be an ending segment. But when we do get that new piece of equipment, we will bring it up. Oh, yeah. Basically, the whole reason why we're talking about equipment so that way you guys are more familiar with the equipment that's out there in the field. Now, obviously, between me and David, we have a good bulk of equipment, but there's still plenty of them out there. Like, I don't know if I if you saw that video that I tagged you in of one of those uh, portal boxes that Steve Huff was using Mm. and he was getting clear communication through it. Like, I seriously want to get my hands on one of those portals. Yeah, I've always wanted to get a portal, actually, for for the longest time. But, like, I think the cheapest portal I found was, like, $600. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I got other stuff that, you know, is like the portal. And really what you're buying for the portal, in my understanding, is uh, a gigantic-ass speaker uh, with some fancy lights and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the portal itself has a specific program it runs. That's what makes it special. Because uh, I don't think it's a radio thing. But it's like it's got like an echoey sound to it. That voice is kind of like pop in and through. And you're trying to get... It's kind of like uh, someone using a phone app. But not using a phone app. Because it's a specific thing that's just programmed onto it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've seen different variations and versions of the portal but it's it's it has a specific name so obviously it's categorized as a portal so they're all genuinely the same mm-hmm. but what i've noticed lately uh for the past i think three months uh looking for paranormal equipment is there's not a lot out there right now everything's like yeah. out of stock and i also don't know if they just have too many orders that they sold out on or if they just don't have enough material to to make new equipment but i've yeah. been on the itch to buy something new and i just haven't found anything new that i want well david and i settled on this combo pack that do you remember what website it was david it wasn't vortex gear it was the other one um no it wasn't vortex gear uh, i can look it up real quick but essentially what it was is it had a it had like four things in it, mm-hmm. right? And um, it was probably I think like four hundred bucks, yeah. five hundred so, bucks, something like that. Essentially, you'd be saving anywhere between twenty to fifty dollars for four pieces of equipment versus buying them individually. Yeah, and uh, and it had like I was like, oh, it, ha- it has this, I want this, and something really cool. But then it came with some other things. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can, I cannot have that, you know. And then you're like, oh, well, I would have that, too. And we're, like, looking at it. And we're like, oh, well, we can split it. Yeah. You know, you take two and I take two because there's some of these. I think it's ghost gear. Yeah, ghost gear. Yeah, because there was two pieces of equipment that I, I would take. And then there was the two that you wanted. So we were going to split the difference and we were going to order it. But then they are out of stock. And so far, you, I can't find it anywhere and you can't find it anywhere. No, yeah, it's, it's fully out of stock. And I don't know if it's because of uh, Nick Groff. Because he used uh, one of their pieces. It's uh, it's like this puck thing, right? It's like a REM puck. Yeah. Uh, that's what initially caught my eye, and I really liked it. 
um, but that's just, I mean, out of stock, you know. And it had another piece of equipment, too, that the Ghost Gear no longer has anymore. They completely got rid of it because their kit, I'm looking at it right now, it's $300, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it comes with a REM puck and the ultrasonic motion detector, which I also wanted. And then what else it came with it is it came with this like a, like a Boo Bear type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it had something else. I don't remember what else it was, but they completely got rid of that. Yeah. And they no longer have the musical rem bear uh, in the kit no more. So they got rid of something completely. And then they also no longer offered anything. Mm-hmm. And then they still kept the price pretty high for two things rather than four. And really, they just everything on their website says out of stock for everything, which they only make four things. Yeah. So just one of those things. It's like, well, that sucks. You know, and then looking at other stuff, they just don't have anything that I want. It's all out of stock. Yeah, and even the Black Friday ads weren't the greatest this year either. Like, I was looking at a few things. In fact, I was planning on getting David a Christmas present on Black Friday, which was one of the shirts, but by the time you incorporate taxes and shipping, you basically were paying full price for the shirt, and I was like, "Eh, this doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And some of the other stuff that they had too, it just, I didn't feel like the the Black Friday price on them was worth the want for them. And uh, there's this other company that I look at. It's called Infraready. Uh, but it's .co.uk. So it's a, a place based out of the UK. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like, well, they're literally selling stuff, you know, in pounds. And so it's like, I don't know how well I'll be able to get equipment out of the UK, you know. Well, and I got that one bear from Simon Cox, and he's over there at the UK. And in fact, he dropped like within the last couple of weeks, he's dropped like three or four new pieces of equipment that he's created that I've thought about hitting him up and buying something else from him. Because I mean, he's reasonable on his prices. Obviously, he's got some pretty expensive stuff, but he also has a bunch of things too that he creates that's for less than a hundred bucks, and they work. So yeah, I know we might be looking more towards UK stuff because I mean. Essentially, all this stuff, you know, is the same, right? When it comes to new equipment, it it, it ends up doing the same stuff. But really, what yeah. makes it different is uh, the packaging, right? How how they're doing it, what they're using to create it, um, and the options is slightly too. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really liking uh, UK stuff lately, but yeah. I just haven't justified the need to purchase. Uh, UK stuff yet when they're still a little bit on the US side that I'm wanting but they're just not making anything mm-hmm. yeah and in fact one of the other things that we were thinking about creating was an infrared light but this one I kind of wanted to be unique because I we kind of want to try out doing some uh, point of view you know POV type investigations where one of us wears a camera and has a light on them and everything like that in the past, we've used uh, one of uh, Ghost Light's 160-degree uh, IR uh, lights, and we've mounted that, you know, underneath or either underneath or above the camera, so that way we can wear it on our head or wear it on our chest or whatever. But the idea that I came across was, you know, because uh, David's got a buddy that has a 3D printer, thinking about making a headband-type infrared light that takes two 9-volt batteries and it just straps onto your head so that way if you have a camera on your chest 
you can uh, wear this light on your head and the light will go all the way the full, um, let's see, uh, 180 degrees in total. So when you turn your head, you know, either left or right, it still illuminates the whole entire room for some of these action cameras that we have. So when we do the point of view type investigating, you know, if all of a sudden one of our heads gets, you know, snapped over to the left or right because we noticed something or heard something, it, you know, the infrared doesn't go out of, out of frame and then all of a sudden there's a black screen for a split second, you know? Yeah, trying, trying to avoid the spotlight. Yeah. You know, when you have it on your head, you just, you have to look in the direction of your camera. But, you know, if you mind gets somewhere else, you look somewhere else, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting idea because really you just need a row, one, one row of IR lights. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just getting the one IR to be powerful enough to go as far as you want. But if you're inside a, a building, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, which I think the first version of it, because I have a bunch of those uh, smaller LEDs, uh, the infrared LEDs. So the first version is probably going to be like a two or three row LED array that goes around the whole, you know, 180 degrees around the head with the strap and everything but I think the version 2 I want to get those big IR LEDs like the ones that come on uh, the ghost lights and uh, his lights and everything like that because those seem to put off a lot more than the smaller ones because you need twice or triple the amount of the smaller ones versus one of the bigger ones so I think that would be like a good version 2 of that particular headband right I mean we got we got tons of ideas the trick is finding the time to come together and actually play around with these parts. Right. Uh, that's the, that's what it boils down to is time because there's only 24 hours a day and, you know, you need sleep and you need your R&R and everything. But when 8 to 10 hours of your day is taken up from work and you only have 4 or 5 hours after work to be able to get things done, you know, that kind of limits you on when you can get stuff done, especially if you got cases to review and you got a, a group to manage or, you know, you have a relationship to maintain, family to go see, stuff like that. It becomes very, very hard to get it all done. Yeah, especially for, I mean, one person, you know. Yeah. People, some of us help where we can, but, I mean, majority yeah. it's, it comes down to, to you in the end. Yeah. And I would love, if I could, if I could just have a plethora of money that I didn't have to work, I'd be knocking things out left and right because I would actually have time to do things, you know, outside of stuff that needs to get done for the paranormal. I also have personal stuff that I need to get done, which I finally got some things done over the break that we had, but there's still a good list of stuff that I still need to get done, you know, on my personal life. But with the paranormal stuff, I also got some stuff done as well but then there's still stuff that needs to be done it's just trying to find the time to get it done i just wish i could just have like a month so i can get all the shit done and then be done with it you know what i mean and then i can start the next chapter you know well i mean we we made progress uh in one of our projects the other day you know getting further along in that balls are rolling as they Mm -hmm. would say yeah, yesterday me and David took a trip up to good old Twin Falls, Idaho to go meet with uh, some people up there and plus go see family as well. But the biggest thing about that trip was we 
we were working we've been working on this particular project that we've talked about in season one for two years three years now and the wheels are starting to roll we did some head interview shots and talked about some things and so far it's it's looking like everything's on the up and up and we're super excited to have the first and second episode drop here soon which i was informed which i am fully aware that when i get interviewed it looks like i'm being interrogated and yes <laughs> i have a resting bitch face i'm sorry yes but when i'm when i'm just staring at a circle light that's blinding the shit out of me i cannot focus on anything i have to look at a camera which is tough to not yeah. look at a camera yeah yeah and over time once you get more relaxed doing this kind of stuff you know the true you will start coming out on camera because I've known David for years. I've seen how he is. You know, yes, he does have a resting bitch face, but some of us also do as well. But when you get around him and you talk to him about things that he's passionate about, the true you comes out. And oh, here in time, the true you will come out when doing interviews or being on camera or anything like that. Well, I was also wildly unprepared for the interview. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you because yeah. we were talking about our very first filming location and I'm like huh you know I probably should have done some uh, review on, on something we filmed two years ago to talk about today as if it, it just happened you know what I mean yeah. and I was like shit I'm kind of having to dig deep here for I have like the basics uh, highlights but it mm -hmm. was tough because you went first I'm like well what do I say that Shane didn't already say I was like shit really really struggling there for a second but I thought <laughs> but, you did a really good job though because I mean we gave you the handicapped. You were the second person to, to, to be interviewed. So I paved the way for you. So I, I honestly think that you did pretty well, and you said some things that I completely forgot. You know, and you reiterated a few things that I said, and you gave some more context on it as well. So I think between my interview and your interview, once they put it all together, it will make a lot of sense. But that was that was eventful. Uh, actually, looked at a few locations up there too for the future. So I mean, it was really nice. I'm looking forward to potentially doing one of them. Yeah, because we we would like to visit Twin Falls more often and check out some of the locations up there. I mean, just on the drive up there, we saw like two or three dilapidated old churches. We saw some abandoned buildings. We took a look at a couple of theaters. One was completely refurbished. The other one is. Still still currently under construction old town twin falls has actually got some energy to it you know but that one theater that we stopped at in rupert was definitely had some energy to it yeah so that was that was really that was really good eventful all day thing we were we were gone all day yep and then it's very, uh, very tiring and then david being the awesome sidekick that he is, he honed in on something at Goodwill that I ended up purchasing and putting in my storage unit. Yeah, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. was just walking and just instantly looked at something, went straight to it, and without even saying a word, two seconds, I looked to where Shane was walking because he didn't even know I deviated from following him, and he's just staring at me, and I'm just looking at him, and he knew to come right over mm -hmm. and look at what I was looking without even me pointing it out, and he's like, oh, yeah. That's the guy. Yep. Yep. And luckily it had a stand on it, so I didn't even touch the doll at all. I just gently put it in the cart. And then we kept on walking around the store, bought a couple of things. 
The poor lady who checked us out, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did not like that doll at all, and I didn't have the heart to tell her that, well, this thing has an attachment on it because I didn't want her to freak the fuck out. <laughs> well, you put it on the table, and she goes, oh, I just got goosebumps. I, I hate dolls. And yeah. We were just like, yeah. There's other... she and just then the kept other going cashier was like, oh, I love these dolls, you know? Like, okay, that's nice. We're, yeah. getting, we're getting this out of here for, for everyone's safety. Yeah, and, and I just I didn't have the heart to tell her, well, there's a reason why this one's particularly very creepy, but, you know. It was, it was yeah. a good laugh as we walked out of Goodwill. Maybe we'll get a, a picture posted on, on the Facebook to see, to let people see it, see what oh, they yeah. think. Oh, yeah. Right now it is currently sitting in my storage unit and the old guy attached to the gun cabinet was like, what the hell are you doing? And the other spirits that are actually sealed, so they can't really attack me or attack anybody else, and they have to stay with that particular object. Uh, they were definitely making a ruckus last night when I dropped that doll off. They're like, ah, oh, fuck, another one? Yep. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the old man said, anyway. And I was like, don't worry, this one's not as bad as the other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very, very interesting uh, time yesterday mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so season two, I think it's gonna span into October. We're thinking, yeah. Oh yeah. So I think we have more episodes this season. Yeah. So this season we're actually gonna be ending on. Let's see. Uh, we got twenty episodes. Twenty-one episodes. Sorry, twenty-one episodes. We basically have the set list complete. We've asked all the guests that we want on particular episodes. Most of them have confirmed. I'm just waiting on one more to confirm. And then we still need to figure out what we're going to do for season two finale. Because last season, you know, obviously we did the Q&A that people submitted and everything like that. And for season two, we're trying to figure out some ideas and put it all on a paper for the season finale of season two so once we get that figured out it'll definitely be a good episode and hopefully you guys like the guests i mean because i we have more guests this year for sure Mm -hmm. um for me i like guests because it makes the episode easier for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um because i'm just talking to a person about them mostly uh versus uh having to come up with random shit in my head at the moment oh yeah yeah. Because believe it or not, we do have a list, but the majority of the stuff that uh, we talk about is honestly on the fly. And I don't know if anyone has noticed that before. Mm-hmm. If they think we're coming in here and everything we're saying is literally written down on paper, um, which for some they prefer, and then other people prefer just to do on the cusp uh, things. I yeah. mean, that's what most like D and D podcasts are in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they are. Uh, improv basically coming up on the fly uh, I think we're like a mixture of we have an idea of what we're talking about that day but really whatever comes up on our head in the moment we just throw it in there yeah yeah I mean we we have our basic set list of what we're going to be talking about but the filler stuff we definitely do it on the fly I did a better job this year getting the set list done because I we, re- we realized when I did the set list for last year I didn't include some information that I should include on that set list so that we can keep track of what we talked about. Well, that was my bad. So this this season definitely improved on the set list. That's for sure. But yeah, I think I think it'll be I'll be all right. Um, 
but I mean in the end there really wasn't much in the offseason that we did too much I mean I think we spent a, a day going not even a full day like probably a good tail end of the day just talking about what we're gonna do for this season mm -hmm. uh, and then you pretty much got what we're gonna do for the entire season wrapped up in a different day so it really took a day and a half to get an entire second season pretty much filled out yep and then it so, took a couple days to confirm all the guests and I'm still waiting on one more uh, did a little bit of editing for the opening and ending and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in which, if this person doesn't confirm here soon, we'll be swapping them out with a different guest, which that's fine, because it's not like we can run out of guests. We have plenty of guests that we can ask. We just wanted to, to hit a couple of pretty important ones this particular season. Um, and then we're thinking about maybe bringing some of them back for season three, possibly. We'll see how that goes. Right. And if there's anyone particular that you guys would want us to talk to, we can try to hit them up. I mean, there's no limit to what we can try to do. But whether, you know, it'll go through is a different question. Yeah. So on the off season, we did have a few investigations. Um, we have been trying out a, a few new things. Now, the first thing that we tried out, we tried doing a blind spear box test. Obviously, it needs to be tweaked a little bit because I don't have the proper um, equipment for it. But basically, you plug your headphones into the either the SB7, SB11, or the FX 2.0, and you plug your headphones in. You technically should be using over-the-ear type sound insulating type earmuffs or headphones with a blindfold. So that way, you're completely rendered useless of your hearing and your sight and you're basically relying on what's coming through the spirit box and what you're feeling and everything but basically that's that's the concept of it and so far i would say on the last few investigations that we did that on it was pretty successful wouldn't you think yeah i think it's uh yielded i think the best results honestly because um, i know other people have done this before and it's been on certain tv shows doing it um, we didn't directly take our idea from that. It was just something that we maybe subconsciously thought, hey, this might be a good idea because we've known about it. But uh, really, I think it because it's the best type of uh, thing to to do because it is, you know, you're just saying what you're hearing. You don't know the questions I'm asking. So it just helps confirm uh, when we get a response come through based on the question I'm asking not because the problem when you ask questions and you're listening for a specific response right so you're like hey are is someone here and then you hear something come through you're like you know that sounded like yes because I want there to I want it to be yes right so you're kind of manifesting the word that you're potentially hearing already there but yep. if they don't know the question I asked and you just think oh this sounds like yes and you just say it out loud you don't know I asked that mm -hmm. so I think it helps us confirm uh, the answers that we are getting plus uh, when we're using the FX 2.0 you're hearing it in your head too but we're also hearing it yep. so when you say it I'm like yeah it sounded like this or because we can hear the tone of the voice coming through because even though uh, you can say the word out loud it's kind of different versus when we're hearing it actually said mm -hmm. you know what I mean like if someone is like in a distressed voice saying help me 
we can hear the tone. But if you just say you, you like, help me, because, you know, that's what you're hearing and you're just saying it out loud. It's not the same type of feeling, right? You're not yeah. getting the same type of chills when you're hearing it kind of live coming through. So it's kind of nice because then it helps us to react to it a little bit uh, better as well. Yeah, because like what David touched on, the F- the FX 2.0, you can hear still hear it coming through the speaker, even though I have my headphones plugged in. So it's actually easier to review it on a digital recorder. Now the uh, SB7, obviously when you plug the headphones in, it stops playing through the speaker. So basically they have to rely on what I say. And we haven't tried the SB11 yet, but I actually do want to try that one, David. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Cause it might. I don't know if it would do the same thing. It might actually play through both too, because it's if you maybe if you listen through the FM or AM side and then let the FM be out loud, it'd be interesting what you hear. Yeah. Vice versa, because some spirit might come through on one channel to you that yeah. you say out loud, but another spirit might come in through another different channel. And you could have two spirits talking at the same time, potentially. Yeah. And that, and I also want to try to see if I can do an inline plug-in. So using two digital recorders instead of one and have one as being the inline plug-in to, between the spirit box and the headphones. And then have a second digital recorder running for just the questions. So that way I can cue them together and see if it'd be easier to review it and get the responses that way as well, instead of relying on the microphone on the actual digital recorder to right, right. pick up everything. That, that sounds cool, and I think it would be awesome, but also in the back of my head, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it would be a lot of work. You're definitely not wrong on that. But I almost want to just give it a try and see if we can get... Um, because I've noticed, like some some like some of these cases that I'm reviewing, like I'm reviewing the one from Montpelier, there has been some answers that came through when you did the blind spirit box that sounded like a response, but for some reason it doesn't. It sounds weird on the digital recorder, so that's why I kind of want to try it. And plus, there's been like, because you have a delay when whenever you hear something in your ears and you try to say it out loud for me anyway i kind of have a slight delay because i want to make sure i actually heard that particular word because well, you're trying to process was yeah. this a word that i just heard i think it was a word i'm just going to say the word then you say the word right yeah because you're like i don't know if that was an actual word because the idea of a garbled noise in your head sometimes is like huh that's kind of weird mm-hmm. i got to put the the letters in my head to the word that i just potentially heard yeah so that's why I kind of want to try it and see if we can get better evidence that way. You know what I mean? More clear evidence anyway. Yeah, I think the end product will be better. But like yeah. I said, I just think the process of doing all that and then listening and clipping the two individual ones is going to be a lot of work. Oh, yeah. The other thing that we did try, we tried doing the candlelight test on one residential. But I kind of want to try it again. But this time, I want to get a green and a red light behind the candles. So that way, when we get a camera on it, people can see that, you know, the one side, obviously, that one's going to be no, and the other side is definitely going to be, you know, yes. But the one time we did try it, we didn't really get anything on it. I've seen the, the flame flicker barely a couple times, but nothing concrete. Right. I think the only time we've actually used a candle where it was successful is one of our filming projects. Mm-hmm. 
but I think that's just because we were dealing with a spirit that was more on the negative side and had more energy to it. I think it'll be harder for, uh, you know, a standard residential where the spirits are all normal, mm-hmm. so to speak, I guess, uh, not negative. Yeah. I think it'd be harder for them to manipulate because I think the only reason why the candle flickers is because the energy was fluctuating so violently because it was gearing up and the atmosphere with all of us in the room is just making that whole room charged that was making the candle flicker versus a, a standard quiet you know chill investigation I think it'd be much harder for the candle to flicker but it's our yeah. first time really doing candles because we never really put much thought into it so it, it's something different and new so I don't mind mm. trying it because it is new to see what we get from it but in the end if it's something that's not really yielding anything for us we can just move away from it yeah because basically the premise of me trying the candle thing is because you know we're all under the assumption that you know spirits can manic- manipulate objects and manipulate things so flame is something that could be easily manipulated and i've seen other teams use the kind of the same thing where they set up like a yes or no type and uh, question and answer so basically if the spirit wants to communicate they can manipulate the the flame for either the yes or the no either by making a flicker or making a move and stuff like that you know it's just it, it's basically based around the concept of you know spirits can manipulate things essentially and that's why i wanted to do that particular test uh we didn't have a camera on this one we were just kind of giving it a test run on this one particular residential that we had because we had pretty good success on other equipment and we actually got quite a bit of evidence from this location i mean right off the get-go as as we were setting things up equipment was going off so i mean it was definitely a good night so i figured it would be a good time to try it but it ended up not working out but the uh, particular reason why I did it in the area that it was was there was a vortex. Well, not a vortex, but an energy source right there. And so I figured that would be a good place to run that test. But it ended up not working out. But the other thing that we tried out on another residential, we set up David's Pyramid. And we set up a yes or no type question and answer scenario. And it actually worked, I would say. We got a couple ish. of yes response. Yeah, ish. Ish. We, we got a couple of yes responses, and then also our mel meters were wildly going out of control on different frequencies as well. Right. Yeah. Well, those two cases that we're talking about, uh, we're going to cover more in depth on uh, other uh, the next two episodes. So they're definitely jam-packed full of stuff. Uh because one of the things that we're also doing that we switched up from the first season is we're now doing, uh, when we record, newest investigations to oldest. Because I found that uh, it's easier to talk about something we freshly did, because all the details are in my head, versus something that happened three years ago. And I'm like, I just got the highlights, so here's the highlights, and move on. Where I think we do it this way, we can go in-depth more into, like this is i and i know exactly what this house looks like in my head right now because it only happened you know a couple weeks ago so i think it helps build the story better when you can describe what the house looks like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and then it's just one of those things when we run out of then we can start talking about the older ones and the you know the looking back on the fond memories type thing yeah 
Because, you know, we're all human. It's not like we have a picture-perfect memory or anything like that. So some of these cases, you, you really have to dig deep to remember exactly what happened on those cases. I mean, there's been a few times where I've ran into old clients from, like, years ago. <laughs> They're like, hey, you did my house. And you're like, uh, you are? <laughs> I don't yeah. remember you. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Because exactly. that happened to me. I sold one of uh, my products that I sell. Uh, that involved crystals and stuff to someone and uh, it was because uh, we put it on our group uh, that my company that me and my wife started and uh, she was messaging my wife and it's like oh yeah uh, a group came and investigated my house and I met her and she's like yeah and I was like oh that's cool I have no idea who this person was and I had no idea I don't remember their house at all I no idea but I'm like cool we did your house that's awesome I'm glad I hope that things are still good yeah yeah, in fact, uh, that that's also an awesome update. You should update everybody. Tell everybody about your new business uh, venture that you started after when we wrapped up season one. Yeah, I don't know why, but I decided between me and my wife, we're like, you know what? Let's sell something. I'm like, all right. The only thing I'm really good at that I know I can potentially do is uh, do nightlights. Because I had this random idea. I'm like, you know, I go to a lot of crystal shops around here. You know, and I, I see a bunch of stuff everywhere, but I don't see anyone really doing anything with uh, agate slices. You know, yeah, because I mean, you have a you have a stone shop like less than a well, what, what less than two miles away from your house. I got one literally like two blocks from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the smaller end. It's a nice place. Uh, and then I have one up in Eden. Uh, that is my local favorite one. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then there's Bryson's. And then there's Bryson's. Yep. But I totally forgot the name of the one in Eden. Luna and Lavender. <laughs> Luna and Lavender and, and and over there and then Evanescence is the one Evanescence. down the street from yeah. you. So, I mean, those are all within like a pretty decent, you know, short drive for me. And then you have the bigger ones down Salt Lake, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was like, you know, I agate slices, they're pretty. Uh, there's a lot of variation to them and they're fairly easy to obtain, I found. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided, you know, I'll give it a go. So I started, you know, building uh, my own nightlights and just, you know, started selling them to these businesses around me. Uh, Not Bryson's. I have not approached them and I I doubt they would be interested. They seem like they're doing fine on their own. Um, But I would if they wanted them. Uh, just started doing that, and then uh, my wife started making some hair clips and some necklaces that I got slices, and then I upgraded and started selling, uh, you know, quartz pendants and stuff like that. And then she's like, well, let's do an NC account. So we get an NC account, and then we, it's like, well, what should our name be? I don't remember who came up with the name. I think it was my mother. Uh, Chaotic Crystal Co. And uh, we just started that, and well, we're selling stuff. I get a few things. I mean, it's not nothing big. Yeah. I'm not ranking in the dough here, but, you know, I get a couple sales here and there. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cover the cost. I'm not really out much money. Yeah. But obviously I am because I'm a brand new business, so I, you put more in than you get. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple sales. Uh, a lot of nightlights from Georgia for some reason. Yeah. In fact, I've I've bought a couple things from you. You've given me a couple things. I plan on buying a few more things from you for a couple Christmas presents. And in fact, I I brought up an idea for you because those nightlights, those, which by the way, those nightlights are beautiful. 
Uh, the agate slices that he picks for those and the way he builds them, they're absolutely gorgeous. But I came up with an idea of maybe using colored bulbs instead of just a normal white bulb and mixing that particular color with that with the color of agate slice that he has and I would say it definitely turned out far better than expected, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, when you first came to the idea with me, I was like, oh yeah, whatever, well, it's whatever, I don't see how it's going to add much to it, but then I was like, oh, I saw some, some online, it's like, oh, I bought a box of different colored ones, and then I was testing them, and I had one downstairs that my mom has, so it's a really cool one, because it's got a, it's blue agate slice, but it mm -hmm. has a pattern that it looks like a wave crashing and everything, mm -hmm. and then so I put a little blue bulb on it, and then it just lit up the back wall blue, and it just shined, and it brought out more colors than I wasn't expecting from just a clear bulb. Mm -hmm. And I was like, actually, this looks like 100% better. Yeah. And we can, I can definitely have David take a picture of it and we can post it in the uh, group. Which, by the way, if you didn't already know about this, we have a group dedicated for the BRP podcast. If you go to Facebook and look up Bear River Podcast or BRP Podcast, and if you click on Community, our group is listed underneath there. So definitely add yourself to that particular group answer a couple simple questions and you'll be added then you can definitely see these pictures but definitely when he sent me a picture of that combo it definitely was gorgeous it was a very very gorgeous uh, agate slice that he had and that blue definitely brought out a lot more than the just a regular bulb wood yep for sure and you know they're it's not bad price i think it's i got i have it as 12 bucks yeah for a night light i mean that's that's pretty good you know mm -hmm. and then just uh, a little bit of a shipping so honestly you're, you're not out much same with the pendants like the most expensive thing I have is 12 bucks yeah so honestly yeah if you come on here on our Facebook site look us up and purchase some stuff I mean yeah it's it's very very easy what's the spelling of this particular company that you're running so that way people can find you on Etsy and on Facebook and Instagram right yeah cause I mean I don't do the Instagram, all right. That's my wife. <laughs> I'm not an Instagram person, but yeah. uh, so it's Chaotic Crystal Co. So that's you know C H A O T I C, Chaotic uh, Crystal C R Y S T A L C O dot. And okay. uh, that's that's basically it. Uh, I if I have a fancy handle for Instagram, I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm not allowed to touch Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but I I can do the Facebook. I'm pretty sure, let me double check here, but because I did follow it on Instagram, so that way I could support you guys. Let's see, so chaotic. I'm sure it's the same thing. So yeah, it's basically, it's the same spelling, all one word. So chaotic crystal co, and they're on Instagram. So far they got four photos and one video on there so far. So you can see some of the products that they are selling it's good quality stuff definitely plus you're supporting small business yeah yeah and you know if there's a problem i can be a nice guy do something for it but you know if it's one of those things that you know it came unglued during transportation uh yeah, sorry reglue it not, not much else. I, I, i'm not a dick but it's like there's really nothing i can do about that i'm not responsible for the it's being shipped because, uh, you know, all it takes is someone to just chuck the package and yeah, mm -hmm. it, it could break, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, before you go on a hate drive because your thing came to you unglued, uh, just think about how it got there before you come down my throat. 
Yeah, in fact, my old lady, she bought a couple things uh, uh, off the internet for a Christmas presents, and one of them actually says fragile on the freaking box. And what did UPS do? They freaking tossed the damn box to our door stoop. And I was like, you're an idiot. There's like over $100 worth of breakable things in this fucking box, and you just toss it? Like, are you really that inept? But, you know, it's whatever. We've had a few instances with USPS as well. To be honest with you, I think most of the shipping companies have really gone downhill. And if any of our listeners work for these particular companies and you don't do that, good for you. You know, that we need more people like you in the world. We just need to get rid of all those shitty-ass people that keep on throwing boxes and it breaks things. And then you have to wait a few more weeks for those products to come back in because you had to file a claim and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I could go on a tangent about that, but... Yeah, it, if it comes unglued, David will let you know how to re-glue it and everything. He'll definitely give you the utmost customer service that he can possibly provide you, you know, given his schedule. Yeah, and I mean, luckily for me, I never really ordered anything that has been, like, completely destroyed. So I, I, I've been really lucky in that regard. So it's very a rare thing. Yeah. But I, I have had uh, uh, someone uh, talk to me and say, yeah, when I got my order, just... This was one of those things that it was detached, and I, but I just re-glued it and everything was fine. But you know, you'll, you'll get some that's like, you know, the audacity that I received this thing and it's a little bit unglued. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sorry. Especially if it was the first ones, because the first ones, the batch that I did, I'm new. So I was testing out glues and how to do it and stuff, and I think I've gotten it dialed in a little bit better now. But it was just one of those things at the beginning. I was just using a different type of glue to see how it worked and mm-hmm. just go from there really yeah in fact the free one that you gave me it was one of your testers you accidentally glued it in the wrong spot and so the agate slice kind of impedes the the switch yeah which is not a big deal to be honest with you you still use it it's just a little you just have to hit it at a certain angle to get it to click on and off but outside of that i mean it's a beautiful beautiful agate slice because the bracket you know goes it's the agate slices you know some of them are smaller and I don't want it to glue it to where you'll see the light bulb. You know, I want the light bulb to be able to hit it. Yeah. But then, like, if I did it any lower, you'll start seeing some of the bracket. And I was like, well, I don't want that. But now I just started cutting bits of the bracket down so you don't see it. So it's just it was just a learning experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and whenever you start a new business, it's always a learning business. Regardless if you're starting a new group for the paranormal, if you're starting a Etsy store, if you're trying to open up a restaurant... There, you're going to make mistakes. There are things that you're going to be learning. But that that's just how it is. We're all human. At the end of the day, we make mistakes. And we learn from those mistakes. And David is, you know, he's, he's not picture perfect by any means. But he recognizes his mistakes and he improved on them. And that's, you know, that makes a, a, a good businessman right there. Yeah, I mean, if money wasn't an issue for me right now, I would definitely love to like work in a crystal shop or even create my own i don't care but uh for where i need my job for supporting myself this is one of those things i'm like well i'm just doing this on the side i don't want to make this too complicated to where it takes up a lot of my time after work type of thing yeah and the amount of product that you've been moving out i mean besides the stuff that you sold to those other stores i mean you've had quite a few orders online as well so i mean it's it's within your comfort zone 
you know, the more that we advertise it, obviously the more you're going to get busier and everything, but I think it'll be successful, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if it is, it is. If it's not, I'm, I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket. Yeah, but so far, you've are, the few stores that you did sell your products to, they seem to be selling out of them pretty quickly, right? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we've just gone back and given them new stuff. I haven't had an official uh, contact saying, hey, I need more of this. Because uh, I've sold out on it, but I'm trying to come up with an idea for some of these stores that I uh, am friends with uh, to display my nightlights better. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of hard to sell a nightlight when it's you know not on. Yeah. So I'm trying to create a board that I can have like a couple rows to have them you know already plugged in, and then mm-hmm. just have it all wired into like an essential cord. So you just plug one cord in, and they all can light up on the board. Mm-hmm. To try to have them displayed better, and then just giving them to the store and say hey if, I don't know if you want this so I mean that's a work in progress for sure yeah as an idea yeah but I mean like I said it, I'm not trying to put too much effort into it it's just mm-hmm. one of those things like if I sell some stuff cool if I don't I but I would like for it to be good and you know I can promote the shit out of it if I need to mm-hmm. but uh yeah I don't know I'm just a I'm a weird person. Some people would be like, I'd be working my ass off every second of every day trying to get this off. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you put too much stuff, uh, time and faith into something. And then if one bad thing goes wrong and then you're completely demoralized. Yeah. Me, I'm putting myself up right in the middle to where if something bad goes wrong, I'm like, oh, okay. And just brush it off and on to the next, you know? Yeah, because I mean, you you already have a steady job. You already you're already guaranteed your in- income as long as you, you're still at this job. So it's not like you're hurting for money or anything like that. It's mainly because you know we're passionate about stones. You're passionate about stones. So is your wife. So is my significant other. So are quite a few of our friends. And really, you're just giving a different variation out in the market and testing that and see how that does. And honestly, I think it's a great concept because. Outside of you actually explaining this concept to me, I've never seen it done with anybody else. So I thought it was, you know, a unique thing that I think would definitely take off. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, in the end, I do love these. Like, every time I build one and I put it on and I test it out for the first time, I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. I love this, you know, and I get new stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to keep this. So I, d- I do have a passion for it. I don't want mm-hmm. uh, my jargon and low tone of voice to distrude anybody from the fact that I don't care what I'm doing I do love what I'm doing it's just I'm not putting too much uh, emphasis in, into the energy of me going hard every day to get this to take off because I do love doing it and the idea of doing something I love mm-hmm. that's not considered work mm-hmm. you know what I mean because that's what everyone wants to do everyone wants to get paid to do something they love to do and not say they're at work. So I'm trying to keep my mindset in the fact that this is cool and I'm getting some money in it, but I'm not trying to turn it into a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, and I completely understand that. And if you don't like what I just said, then I don't care. Well, I mean, this is your business. I mean, obviously, you're not going to devote all your time to it because you already have a job and you have other things going on as well, but... You know, as a as a good friend and as a colleague of yours, you know, 
I would love to see it succeed. I would hate for it to dwindle down to nothing, you know, because I think it's an awesome concept that would could definitely capitalize in this day and age. But at the end of the day, it's ultimately what you want, what you and your wife want. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least now you have the know-how of if you ever need to make some for Christmas presents or birthday presents or whatever, or if you just want to exclusively sell to these particular businesses, you know, then that's definitely up to you. Right. And I would say if anybody uh, does look up our uh, stuff on our various websites, um, if you have a particular thing you sell your stuff to, because like I said, we just do Etsy, right? Mm. And then obviously if you contact us through Facebook or whatever, we can figure that out. But if there's other various markets that you sell to or like to buy from, uh, send them our way. We'll look into them to maybe expanding. It's just that's what my wife wanted to start out with so we tried it out and etsy's not bad so far for what it is uh basically uh if you've never used etsy uh they it takes uh 20 20 cents to post something and then i think when you sell something they take another percentage which is like also i think in cents Mm -hmm. so in i think it's probably like 10 cents or something i don't know but in total uh, they take like 30 or 50 cents after you've posted and sold something. That's mm-hmm. how Etsy makes their money based on that. So, I mean, that's not bad. You know, I I haven't had any problems with Etsy so far. Yeah. Um, but I know some people don't like Etsy for one reason or another. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, if there's definitely uh, easier ways of selling. I mean, we'll look into it if you send them our way. We're just not actively like what's the best way to optimize this right now because we're just trying stuff out right now yeah because i also had another idea too of using an led bulb and having like some sort of a shield so that way it projects the light through the actual agate slice instead of it normally is like like a normal out uh, night light or whatever it was also another idea that kind of floated around in my head i don't know if that would actually work or not but it was an interesting idea that i came up as well i don't know if i actually told you about this idea or not but no, this is the first time hearing of it yeah i i don't know it was like because you know because the 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 night lights that you have they're just the regular incandescent bulbs you know and nowadays you know led is becoming more of the norm and there's companies out there that make leds that can screw into like a normal night light and it would be an you know a, a brighter night light or anything like that and i came up with an idea of maybe if there was like some sort of a reflector shield around it to project that light through the agate slice i think that would also portray a lot of its features as well but it was just an idea i've never i actually haven't really looked into it it was just an idea that came across my mind the colored bulbs i was more interested to see how that would work out more than that but that was that's just me though i mean they definitely do make uh night light uh bulbs that are led mm-hmm. yeah for for sure I, i'm not seeing that they're directional i think it's definitely a, a type of thing where they're just shooting all around mm-hmm. um but definitely i mean could make them brighter for sure mm-hmm. but because they're led uh i think the pricing on them is a little bit more expensive than yeah. the incandescent ones that i'm getting now yeah uh especially where uh i think if uh led lamp is the same amount as a colored one i'd rather do the colored one than the led mm-hmm. yeah because colored's better mm-hmm. but i mean they do 
make that for sure. They have RGB uh, LED light bulb color changing light bulbs that are cool. Yeah. Um, but that would definitely be a lot more expensive. Hmm. But it would be interesting to uh, try it out. Yeah, I would think so. To be honest, I, it would be pretty cool. I mean, we live in the day and age where RGB is everything now. So, I mean, that would be a pretty cool thing to do. I know I got RGB in my computer rig. I have RBG around my TV underneath my desk, you know. David's got RGB in his car. I think, didn't you put it behind your TV as well? Or around your TV, room or something like car, that? car, computer, uh, in my room in the corners of the wall, you know. Mm. All that. Oh, they actually have uh, LED colored lamps. Oh, that's cool. I'm actually liking this. Hmm. What I'm looking at. Yes, I am shopping while I'm recording. Leave me alone. Yep. <laughs> I, I can multitask. <laughs> See, it's a good thing I brought it up because now, now you're looking into it and now you're seeing the options that are out there. Yeah, I just bought it. We're going to see how they look. Nice. If they end up looking good, we'll share a picture because we definitely definitely want people to support small businesses that's for sure yep very very cool stuff that, that, that's me that's the end of me I don't I, I, I don't know what you're doing in your life but that, that's me yeah alright any any new updates David I think we basically covered everything uh paranormal wise yeah I mean that's, that's basically it I mean you sold your truck not yeah. that anyone cares but I mean you, you sold your truck that's nice yeah, I sold the truck for the asking price that I wanted for it, and also got a new car that was gifted to me from my parents. It needed some work, so it ended up costing me like less than five hundred dollars to get it back on the road. But, but it's nice. It's nice, yeah. It's a nice car. I mean, it's a car's a car. It runs, you know. Mm-hmm. It it do good. I mean, I'm sure gas mileage on it's really good. That's helpful in this day and age. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially, um, especially where. We only really have one vehicle between me and my old lady. We only have one vehicle that, you know, we share, you know. So now that we have a second vehicle now, we can stop putting so many miles on the one that we're still still trying to pay on and put miles on the one that was practically free and already paid off. So, and then hopefully as long as the market goes the way that I wanted to, I'm going to try to buy a 4x4 truck or an SUV so that way this coming spring, summer, and fall David and I and Sadie and my old lady and maybe a few other people we want to go and do some rock hounding because Utah, Nevada Idaho, Colorado, and Wyoming have great options for rock hounding basically the stuff that you're finding in some of these rock shops you can go out into the wilderness and go dig up yourself I mean obviously they're not going to be polished they're going to be rough you're going to have to wash them and, you know there's some work to it but you know it'd be fun to take a weekend and go hit up a couple spots like Wendover for example you know spend a weekend out there and just go rock hounding because you can find you can find amethyst out there you can find black obsidian you can find agate out there Let's see. What else was there? I think that was it. That was the three primary out there. Yeah, that's, that's the bulk of, of Wendover out there. Yeah, and then once you start heading down south in Utah, you can start finding some of these calcites, some agates, um, geodes, quite a few other different things that you can find in southern Utah. 
as well. So that's something that we're, we've been kicking around for a while that we want to go do. And it'd be pretty cool to go do it. I mean, the closest stone that we can go find right now is Selenite, and that's out at the Great Salt Lake. That wouldn't be too hard to find. We'd just go to some some of the preferred places around the Great Salt Lake to find those. Yeah, no, yeah, Selenite, I mean, we should definitely uh, go to these places where we can get, like, buckets and buckets full of Selenite and then, uh, you know, just sell them on our group, you know? Mm -hmm. get Because, I mean, everyone in the paranormal field... It would use selenite in their life. Yeah, like I, there's not many people I know in the paranormal field that doesn't believe in selenite. Yeah. So I mean, definitely it's a hot commodity, number top five people's choices when it comes to anything paranormal related in stones. Oh yeah, definitely. And you'll find because we've had a buddy Tim um, that you know has felt other selenite before. And then has felt spiral jetty selenite, and he has said that there's a complete and total different feeling in that selenite. In which I agree with him because some of these stones that if you harvest it from the Mother Earth in general, I feel like the energy is more pure than you do when you go to one of these stone shops and you go and pick out even like a rough cut of, say, selenite, for example. The energy is okay. You still have to cleanse them and do all the things that you would typically do whenever you get new stones to make the energy more pure. And I just feel like whatever you harvest from the ground is more pure than what you can buy from a store. But that's just my personal opinion. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to us. This was basically, there's there was no really outline for this episode. We just wanted to give you guys updates. Now, look forward to episode two. David is going to be talking about neutralizers, and we have quite a few other things that we're going to be talking about, including some more Xbox and PlayStation and and computer games that are more tailored to the paranormal and make you guys more aware of these particular games so that way you guys can go play them even though they're not really, like, it's not accurate or anything like that, but they're fun to play with. And they're also fun to watch other people play if you watch those YouTube streamers and watch them play some of those games and watch them freak out when they get scared and it's actually quite hilarious but you got anything last words to say David? No. Alright. Well thank you so much for tuning in to us and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast, toss us a rating or a review, you can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.